This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Welcome to 2023. It's a new year, but unfortunately, we still have the same crazy housing market here in Portland. Houses were selling for record-breaking prices during the pandemic, and last year we saw mortgage rates skyrocket. So what can buyers expect in 2023? And what the heck do you do if you're having a hard time finding a place? Today on the show, our host Claudia Meza talks with Jonathan Bach of the Portland Business Journal about the rocky year ahead in real estate. It's Tuesday, January 3rd, 2023. I'm John Natariani, and this is CityCast Portland. So big picture, what's worse right now? Trying to buy a house, sell a house, or rent a house? Oh man, I mean, it's all bad. I would say maybe I'm biased because I am a renter, Maybe renting right now is sort of the least bad of the three, only because home prices are so high right now and mortgage rates are so high right now. Really? Renting is the least bad? That's surprising. You know, we've heard so much about rent increases in Portland. What about the new rent control laws that were passed a few years ago? Are those at all helping? You know, I think it had some no-cause eviction protections, and it also tied rent increases to basically 7% plus the change in inflation. Right. And what was interesting about that one was that because of the fact that we've had such extreme inflation that sort of nobody saw coming, especially in 2019, now under the rent control legislation that we've passed, because it's tied to inflation, landlords are allowed to raise rents by up to 14.6% in 2023. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to preface this by saying this is a far cry from the sort of unregulated days of pre-2019 when they could raise rents as much as they want. But if you're paying like $1,400 a month in rent, they are allowed to raise your rent by up to like 200 bucks. That's not to say that they will. There are other market forces that inform whether or not they will, Mm -hmm. but they're also very much allowed to. But I mean, isn't it in their favor, being that people are looking for housing? And because we have a shortage of housing? Exactly. So what I'm I'm saying, what's going to keep them from being like, all right, 1200 you may go, and I'm going to bring in the 1400 renter because they're looking for housing, and this is cheap compared to wherever they're moving from. It's all bad. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. But you're a reporter. And not an economist. And I know we're talking economy right now. If someone just heard the doomsday of of being like, oh, so they're just going to raise all our rents because there's no reason for them not to. What should they do? I mean, aren't you trying to buy a house right now? I mean, I'd I'd love to at some point. Um, I don't know if I can give advice. But personally, I'm going to have to wait it out, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's too crazy right now. When you factor in the fact that you can't really get a great mortgage rate right now, when you factor in that even though prices are still tapering off, like, personally, I'm giving myself advice. And my advice to me is like, I just got to kind of shelter in place for the moment, even though it sucks because, you know, I just got to notice that, you know, I was getting a rent increase. By how much? I'm negotiating it. You can do that? 
to quote to quote Breaking Bad, you know, everything's a negotiation. <laughs> oh my god. I just finished that show, actually, so that's why it's top of mind. Gotcha. I didn't know that. How do you negotiate rent? We got an offer, a, a renewal offer. We're month to month right now. And, you know, I essentially said, if we do move from month to month to giving you guys a lease, which is giving you the stability of long-term tenancy, mm-hmm. I laid out what we would be willing to pay. I'm just, I'm taking notes here. Is that your <laughs> counteroffer? <laughs> that, was that what you did? Without getting into too many specifics, we are looking for more um, agreeable terms if we are giving them the stability of a 12-month lease. Gotcha. So the renewal letter basically said, not only are we going to raise your rent, but we're going to lock you in this raise rent for 12 months. I would have immediately crumbled and just been like, oh my God. And you're just like, all right, because you just finished watching Breaking Bad. And you, uh, you said, I am the one who knocks to your landlord. Did it work? We'll see. Oh, that's exciting. Well, we're going to follow up with you because I want to know. <laughs> to be determined. Yeah. You're like, actually, I am the one who knocks on the door of a new rental because that's not <laughs> work. <laughs> okay. So renting is still really hard. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, let's talk about what it looks like out there for people trying to buy a home. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. We saw a crazy surge in home prices in Portland over the pandemic. What was happening with the market towards the end of last year then? Because it seemed like the prices dropped, but people are still having issues. What are you seeing? So I think we've seen prices taper off recently. Mm -hmm. They're still up year over year, but essentially as the mortgage rates have climbed, that has scared off a lot of would-be buyers. And so that big sort of overheating of prices has cooled off. Right. And for those who have bought with ridiculously high mortgage rates, and you know what? It's not like they're insane. It's just that compared to what it was, like it was something Precisely. crazy. Like people were having like a 2% or something. It was historically the lowest the interest rates have been. But usually, traditionally, interest rates are around like, what, 5 And that's what we're seeing now, right? Exactly. Um, On a 30-year loan, you can get about 6.3 right now. But even if you go back to like 2018, you could easily get like a 3.9. And then you get into the pandemic where, yeah, you're seeing like sub three, which is just bonkers. Um, Can we just pause right there? What happened? What was it during the pandemic? Why did it go bonkers? 
my sense from the national coverage was the reason that mortgage rates were so low is that the sort of federal monetary policy was to try and loosen up credit as much as possible and to sort of free up money. Again, we were trying to save the economy from crashing. You also had the federal government in 2020 just throwing money into the economy. And I think that that had ripple effects into mortgage rates as well. So does this have anything to do with inflation? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, for sure. As the Fed has been trying to really get it under control, they've been notching up rates over and over and over again. And that does have second degree effects on mortgage rates, mm -hmm. which is why we're seeing mortgage rates in the six and sevens now. Yeah. But in the Portland area, so now houses are technically cheaper to buy, but now they cost a ton more, which to me, it feels like no matter what, like <laughs> um, if we have the same amount of houses, it doesn't matter. It's like, it's either going to be a seller's market or it's going to be, you know, a buyer's market. Is Going that back to our theme, it's all bad. <laughs> It's all bad. I think you're right. I think we just made a full circle of it's all bad, except occasionally the renter does win is what I'm hearing. Sometimes. <laughs> I'm going to hedge that pretty substantially. <laughs> Something that happened during the pandemic, which is interesting, I think we're seeing a little bit of the aftermath here, is that a ton of investors, including Zillow, just were snapping up single family homes. So in 2021, 24% of single family homes were bought by investors, which was an increase from like 15% the year prior. And now Oregon Senator Jeff Merkley is hoping to kind of clamp down on that. What is he proposing? Yeah. So he has introduced a bill that would impose a $20,000 federal tax on taxpayers for every single family home that a taxpayer owns over a cap of 100 residents. So essentially, put another way, this is trying to stop them growing to like 1,000 or 2,000 to address that problem that you just highlighted. Do you think that it has a shot of passing? Like, have you heard um, anything? That's debatable. I think that Democrats had a hard time passing legislation even when it was all blue in D.C. And now that Republicans are going to control the House, it's going to have a tough go. That said, you know, when I was talking to Merkley the other day about this, I asked him directly what he thinks the, the bill prospects are, and he kind of dodged the question. Mm. But he thinks there's going to be, you know, this outpouring of stories of investors snapping at homes, whether you're in a Republican district or in a Democratic district. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's already happened. It's true. There's been think pieces on it, just empty houses not being able mm -hmm. to be sold, and people need them. And it's just kind of ridiculous. Um, what specific factors are there here in Portland that is making housing so expensive? That's a great question. You know, the, the urban growth boundary is one thing that people like to drag on. For those who don't know, it's sort of this technical thing that goes back to decades and decades. You know, Oregon's cherished land use planning. And it basically is sort of lassos development in Oregon cities. Mm -hmm. And the argument against them goes that they constrain your ability to build out. The argument for them is that, well, we're not California. We don't have this massive urban sprawl. The urban growth boundary does it have anything to do with the law that was put into place a couple years back about allowing ADUs and stuff? Because I thought that was like the whole point of that ADU law was, okay, we, we know that we're not allowing people mm -hmm. to build as fast as they should be. So they were just like, okay, you can make extra property rental in your own lot. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of an interesting adjacent bill House Bill 2001, which is the big density bill that passed, uh, mm -hmm. I want to say in 2019, 
spearheaded by the now governor-elect to essentially add more what's called middle housing to cities like Portland and Bend and so forth, basically getting more units per lot, you know, because we have these land constraints in Oregon cities. And just to clarify, you're saying that Tina Kotek is the person who actually got that piece of legislation passed? She was one of the main proponents of it, yeah. Oh, gotcha. That's hopeful. <laughs> it's, I mean, it is one of those, you know, I think there's no, I'm not the first person to say this, that there's no sort of silver bullet to solving the housing crisis, but there mm-hmm. are all these little tools in the in the box that people are trying and testing out to build more housing. The question is, can you incentivize developers to actually build those houses? Just because you put a law into place doesn't mean that people are actually going to build it. Yeah. Well, thanks for walking us through all of this, Jonathan, and good luck with your landlord. We'll see. And now our lead producer, John Notoriani, is going to give us our microdose of news. Thanks, Claudia. You know, there's a lot going on this year in the state beyond the housing market. State lawmakers passed over 100 bills last year, and a bunch of them just went into effect this past week. Here's a few that you might want to check out. You might be able to use them in your daily life. First off, Senate Bill 1555. It requires that health plans reimburse for the cost of at-home nurses if you have a newborn kid. Oregon already guarantees those visits for new parents. Also, Senate Bill 1586 makes it illegal for employers to prevent former employees from talking about discrimination and harassment. Already, the state has those protections in place for current employees. And if you do find yourself looking for a home, check out House Bill 4103. It raises the penalties for conducting real estate business without a license. So that's one bright spot in the housing world, I guess. And that's all we have for you today on CityCast Portland. If you enjoyed the show, tell a friend and rate the show. Really, leave us a review, subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back in a few days with a lot more news from around the city. Take care. Take care.